So our adventure this Saturday was like none other. So I'm going to tell you about it. See, yesterday was a special day in uh, the life of my family. Our daughter Victoria got engaged to Marine 2nd Lieutenant Everett Findlay Saturday. Yes. And Bob and Karen Findlay are guests here this morning. We welcome them. Angela and I could not be more pleased. You know, the Bible talks in 2 Corinthians chapter 6 about the importance of avoiding relationships where you are unequally yoked together with unbelievers. And the reason for that is because the Bible says that it's not possible for righteousness and unrighteousness to be in fellowship or relationship with one another. Now, as Victoria began to grow into adulthood, we thought a lot, Angela and I, about who she might end up with. You ever do this, parents? And I have to tell you that we met a few boys over the course of her high school years that caused us to go to our knees in prayer and say, please, Lord Jesus, not him. Thankfully, we dodged a few bullets by the grace of God. And one day, Victoria introduced us to Everett. And as we got to know him and his family, Bob and Karen and their daughter, Kendra, um, I can remember Angela and I in a car one evening and we're having a conversation. Uh, and we said, you know what, we like this one. We were in unfamiliar territory. And, and so... Wouldn't it be great, we said, if this were answered prayer and Victoria ended up somehow with Everett down the road. And I can remember praying a different prayer when Everett entered the picture. Please, Lord, somebody like Everett. And then as we got to know Everett and we got to see how much love and respect he had for our daughter, Victoria, and we saw that he wanted to put Christ in the middle of their relationship. We started praying, please, Lord, let it be Everett. Well, yesterday, Victoria and Everett went with Victoria's grandma and grandpa on a shopping trip to the Galleria, right? Victoria had no idea she was about to be proposed to. And Everett wanted to include all of us, all the all of the family and, and some of their friends from college in this experience. And so while they were shopping, the rest of the family and friends converged on the water wall at the Galleria. Have you ever been there? Have you seen this? This is, I, you know, I've, I've driven past it and paid no attention. But if you actually get up and go up close to this, it's an oasis in, in the hot August Houston sun. Um, the mist off of this thing cools you down and the sound is, is just the sound of rapids and white water and it's really well done. So I understand why Everett picked this spot. And so as we were there waiting behind the wall for the unsuspecting Victoria and the slightly crafty and devious Everett to show up, just as, as Everett went down on one knee in the middle of this water wall 
we all walked around the ends of it and we were able to watch as Everett asked the question and Victoria said yes and wouldn't it have been an awkward lunch if she had said no, <laughs> but that didn't happen, right? So it was such a joyous moment in all of our lives. Now, usually when I tell you about Angela and, and I and, and our adventures, they have nothing to do with the message. You know that's true, right? Today's different. Because today I want to talk to you about two things from the scripture readings this morning. And that's faith and fear. Faith and fear. Now, before I get into the meat of that, I have one more little story I want to share. You know, most of you know that next Sunday, um, I'm not going to be here in the pulpit because Angela and I are taking my mom on a trip down memory lane. We're going to get on a plane on Thursday and we're going to fly to Germany. And we're going to take mom to all these places where, where I was born. Uh, where Angela lived when she was a child. Uh, later on, she went back again because she was an army brat and, and uh, she graduated from high school in Ansbach, Germany. So our plan is to visit some of our old stomping grounds and let mom recall some of the fond memories that these places stir up in her. And for Angela and me to do the same thing with memories of our own and the reason I tell you that is because these two events, the one that we're about to embark on on Thursday and what Everett and Victoria just did getting engaged this weekend, are, are tied together. I'll explain that. What, what ties these two events together is this common thread of faith that's woven throughout the fabric of our lives and our relationships not just true of my family it's true of your family it's true of our church family together we are tied together by a common thread of faith that's woven throughout the fabric of our lives and when I think about this magnificent orchestration of events that had to take place for us to have arrived here at this particular moment in time well it just boggles my mind it, it blows my mind because it's too well-timed to be chance and there are just too many moving pieces, too many moving parts that it has to be divinely orchestrated and believing that, that God has a hand in the events of our lives, that requires faith. It requires faith. There's no doubt in my mind that all the events and pathways of our lives lead us to these divine intersections where we're able to make those free will choices that all come together in God's perfect will and his perfect timing to bring us right here and right now. See, if we left all of that to chance, then we would always be walking in fear. But see, chance has nothing to do with it. Faith. See, faith says that God has a plan for our lives. Do you agree? Memories. 
are breadcrumbs that trace where we've been on our faith journey so we can look back and see all the places where our lives have intersected with God's plan and purpose for our lives. And when we see those God moments in our memories, our faith grows because we see the hand of God at work in our lives and then we take that faith and we look forward to the future and that faith produces hope and assurance that God will continue to intersect with our lives and that thought gives us peace and it gives us joy so I think about This trip we're about to take. See, faith. Faith says that a girl from Beaumont, Texas, like my mom, and a young man from Southampton, England, like my dad, can meet and marry and begin a life together and have a son who grows up to be a Christ follower, despite his best efforts not to do that. After recovering from PTSD from the Gulf War and all of this mess, Their faith laid a foundation that brought me to this point. Faith says that a girl who grew up as an army brat in Ansbach, Germany, became a worship leader in a church, became a successful businesswoman. That woman can meet and marry a former Marine who became a pastor. Faith says that a young lady from Houston, Texas, like the daughter of the preacher and the lady from Ansbach, can meet a young man from California, the son of a wonderful God-fearing family. And those two can meet at Texas A&M and decide to make a life together with Christ in the center. See, faith says that all of those individual lives converging to this moment in time is not happenstance. It's not fate, it's faith. Do you follow me? That's faith. Now, what about the fear part? I mentioned two things, faith and fear. What does fear do? Well, fear tries to kill faith. It tries to destroy peace. tries to steal joy. Fear tries to break into our experiences and cause us to doubt. And so we have a great example in our gospel lesson today about how that works. Peter experiences just exactly what I'm talking about. And you've heard the story, but I'm going to tell it to you again because it creates this image of faith in action and fear seeking to destroy. But let me tell you something about this. Fear is not successful as long as there's faith. Listen to this. Jesus walks on the water. Immediately, he made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone, but by this time the boat, battered by the waves, was far from the land, for the wind was against them. 
And early in the morning he came walking toward them on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified, saying, It's a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, Take heart. It is I. Do not be afraid. So Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, come. So Peter got out of the boat, started walking on the water and came toward Jesus. But when he noticed the strong wind, he became frightened and beginning to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and caught him, saying to him, you of little faith, why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind ceased and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the son of God. See, it was fear. Fear caused Peter to doubt and then he sank. Fear caused Peter to take his eyes off of Jesus He saw the wind and the waves tossing this way and that, and he became afraid and doubt crept in and stole his faith and he sank. Now, we tend to judge Peter a little bit here, I think. But I don't think we should judge him too harshly. I mean, we have to give him credit because he did, in fact, get out of the boat and he did In fact, we can't overlook this. He did, in fact, by faith, walk on water. So what does this have to do with Victoria and Everett's engagement and with this little trip down memory lane that we're about to take with my mother? When I look at where we've been and I examine each memory, each stop along memory lane, And when I look at the seeds of faith that were planted along the course of our lives, I can see the fruit that faith in the blessings God is lavishing on us. With the addition of Bob and Karen and Kendra and, of course, Everett into our family through this coming wedding, which is only a short year away. The fear that might have tried to steal our joy along the way, as I look at all those faith moments, and let's face it, raising teenagers can sometimes produce certain levels of fear in us. All of that is vanquished is done away with by faith in the goodness of God's grace. And so by faith, we're no longer slaves to our fear. But instead, we realize that we are indeed children of God. And if we're children, then we're also heirs to this inheritance of peace and joy. I don't know about you, but that's huge. I don't have to fear. This morning, when we get to our reflection time, and we don't know exactly how that's going to go because technology, but when we get there, I want you to take a trip down memory lane 
during that reflection time. Take notice of all the times in your experience where God has intersected with your life. And when you find those moments, leave a mental breadcrumb there. And after you're done with that reflection over the course of the week, look back at that trail of breadcrumbs. Little markers of faith. Those little markers of faith grew you into the person of faith that you are now. And so you can know that you are no longer a slave to fear. There is no unknown. Because now you know you are a child of God. There's peace and there's comfort and there's joy in that. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.